Beating yourself up doesn't make you better, it leaves you bruised. Great quote, not my original. It's Adam Grant who said that in an episode of the brilliant podcast, Hidden Brain. And it made me think. It's so true, beating yourself up doesn't make you better. It leaves you bruised. It's not helpful at all. But guess what? It's very human. So you will do it. Let's explore it. And I'm going to do this by looking at three things that fuel this beating yourself up behaviour, very human things, and then taking one very common everyday sort of beating yourself up phrase and dissecting it. I'm going to look at it like a detective and in the clues and the answers that come forth, there will also be some practical actions to try out. So keep listening. So when we come up with phrases like this, I'll give you a list to ourselves, what's going on? Well, that was useless. Well, I made a right mess up of that. Why can't I get this right for once? And never, I'm never, never going to be any good at this. I might as well give up now because I'm never going to succeed. What an utter bore I am. I sound so ridiculous. I'm always making a fool of myself. I'm just not cut out for relationships or even I'm just useless at being a mother, a lover, a member of the human race. You know, I mean, why not? Let's throw it all in there. Stop. Breathe. We already know it's definitely not helpful kind of talk to ourselves, but we do it. So we might as well accept that and really look properly at what's going on. Number one, humans are wired to rush headlong into negative thoughts. It's a survival instinct. So let's not get too worried about that because it's going to happen. You are going to think the worst before you begin to deconstruct and realise that it doesn't need to be that bad because you're just wired to spot the snakes, the danger. So that's normal, as is a thing called gnats. stands for negative automatic thoughts. It's a term used in CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. And well, it's just that negative thoughts that come automatically, automatically. You won't be able to stop them. They will come unbidden. You can't stop them as such because they're going to happen. So you just need to spot them. You can't stop them, but spot them you can. And then, of course, there's what I call the fibs that lie behind all sorts of these things. So that's the fear, illusions and baggage. It can be Fear of failure, so, so common. It can be an illusion that what we are experiencing actually is a failure, in inverted commas. Who says? And obviously baggage comes into pretty much everything. You know, your brain has picked up those past stories. It's perhaps making predictions based on those stories about the future. And maybe you grew up in an atmosphere where there were very high expectations, possibly some of them self-inflicted, some of them other-inflicted. Well, you know, that's just baggage. It's going to be there. So again, best to bump up your self-awareness and do a bit of forensics on it and move forward. So yes. No surprise that this is happening, this beating yourself up thing. Whoa, let's get real about what we can do to stop it becoming a very, very unhelpful thing. Number one, as always, self-awareness. 
And that doesn't mean wallowing around in your thinking, oh God, I'm always feeling these bad things, what's the matter with me? It means thinking, yeah, I do think these bad things, but I perhaps don't need to. What's actually going on? So spot your triggers, in other words, and spot yourself when you're falling into what I call the self-doubt spiral. Because it's basically you catastrophizing. You're taking one small failure. I mean, you might simply have failed at a game of Monopoly. I don't know. And because you're in a rather down mood, which isn't anything very dramatic, it's just your sort of biorhythms that day, you are now telling yourself that you're actually a pretty useless specimen of human all round. You don't look good, you don't sound good, you're no good at anything, blah de blah de blah catastrophizing. So what do you do to stop yourself falling down that swampy, squashy hole? Well, you just turn detective. And by doing that, it's almost like you're also taking on a sort of alter ego, which means, and this brings me to another good way of dealing with all this beating yourself up stuff, you are going to distance yourself a little bit from your inner chatter. You become more the detective and the observer. Self-talk, but distanced self-talk. It's actually researched. It works. And it's quite a fun exercise, believe it or not. So that's just going to put on hold for a minute because one of the alternative rushing things that you might do when you're feeling so down and useless and beating yourself up is rush to pick up the phone, rush to go on social media, rush to share, rush to, oh God, I need to meet you for coffee. I'm feeling so useless. And then you talk and that can be good. If you happen to have the absolute perfect mix in that friend of a sort of Kirk and a Spock, you know, the the empathy, the kindness, the fun, but also the slightly more distanced, rational, questioning friend. But maybe it isn't the best idea because you might end up co-ruminating and both falling into this swamp of uselessness. So just give that some thought. But I do think that the first step isn't always talk, 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 but it could be talking to yourself, as I say, as a self-observer. So you will use your name potentially. So in my case, it will be Trisha. Why on earth are you beating yourself up? Trisha, come on. You've only failed at this tiny bit of the whole. In, in, in any case, it's not really actually a failure, is it? Is it? I mean, it was just something that you didn't know how to do. That's fine. And now you've got to learn how to do it. If you want, do you want to? Yeah, great. Then get real because you're perfectly capable of doing this on a better day. Actually, you could probably do it without even learning anything more because you're just feeling a bit yuck today, aren't you? So, yeah, that's a great trick. Turn detective and almost make that detective an alter ego. So now you're not stuck in this spiral. And that spiral is of your own doing, of course, and you're just going down and down. So you've stopped yourself. You're clinging onto the edge and you've climbed back out. Right. Let's take a very ordinary, everyday sort of beating yourself up phrase and dissect it. Here we go. I'll never be any good at this. Right. Let's turn detective now. So number one, Tricia, or obviously use your name, 
do you want or need to be good at this? Number two, what do you mean by good? And number three, what are you good at? And by the way, I said that last one in a positive voice, not a sort of, oh, what are you good at? Don't do that. So in the first case, do you want or need to be good at this? If the answer is yes, then what do you do? You get some help, you keep learning, you keep practicing, you might even find a different way forward that better suits you. And you realise that you're just going along a certain path that everybody else says will work, but maybe it's not the way you should go because you are an individual and you also need to find your motivation in order to keep learning and keep practicing. There we go. Number two, what do you mean by good? Okay, do you mean superhuman brilliant or just good enough? And where on that spectrum do you actually want stroke need to be? And hang on a minute, are you falling into the comparisonitis trap or the should trap? See how this works? Good questioning, isn't it? And number three, what are you good at? Yeah, well, now... This thing might not be a natural fit. This thing that you think you're no good at, whereas perhaps your personal strengths are more suited to this thing. And yes, you are good at that. Just brings you back to reality, doesn't it? You're not a completely useless specimen of human being. Having fails, in inverted commas, at one thing doesn't equal that you are a failure as a human. I've got a great quote, actually. Failure does not have to be the plunging step into sunken dreams and shattered hopes. I love that. Very visual. Actually, that's from somebody called Dr. Tim O'Brien. And I will reference his book in a story somewhere around this episode and in the show notes. So, Yeah, I love that. Failure does not have to be the plunging step into sunken dreams and shattered hopes. And in fact, I'll just end with another couple of good quotes because there's something else going on I haven't yet mentioned, which I think is crucial. And it's to do with the brain and the body and how very connected they are. And so when we think of emotions, we maybe get very nuanced and complex and all over the place. But actually, if you get a bit rational and scientific about it, it makes it a very different set of feelings, actions, behaviours and thoughts that you're looking at forensically. What kind of mood are you in? Maybe you're just tired. Maybe it's just one of those days you can't put your finger on, but actually you've not really felt very joyful all day. Nothing particularly bad has happened. But the minute something doesn't go quite right, you are plummeting into the beating yourself up thing because why is it just that you don't feel that good, maybe? I mean, here's a quote from Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, who has written a brilliant book called How Emotions Are Made. She talks a lot about the sort of brain-body connection and, well, read it. It's good. I'll reference it here in the show notes. But it's really good to remind yourself of the fact that your brain doesn't understand the kind of slight lurch in your stomach is perhaps just based on some very old association from some film you've watched or something that happened a long time ago at school. But 
your brain might think you're in danger, so it just pulls you into some sort of survival mode, which in turn makes you risk averse, which in turn makes you think that you're being useless. Anyway, listen to this quote from her. When you feel bad, treat yourself like you have a virus rather than assuming that your unpleasant feelings mean something personal. Your feelings might just be noise. You might just need sleep. Brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? So a quick recap. You will beat yourself up because you're human and we do rush to negative stuff. And we're very easily going to go into sort of spirals of self-doubt. It can happen all the more when you're just in a bit of a low mood. And the main thing is to stop that sort of infecting the entire body brain system and going into a catastrophizing self-doubt spiral, which can last for a long time and can stop you, hold you back and hold you back possibly from doing the very kind of simple actions that might well get you out of this negative thinking, beating yourself up stuff. So here's the simple tips. Just give them a go. One. Distance yourself by turning detective. And yes, using the third person about you. So become a sort of alter ego observing you. So that's you almost challenging yourself. Come on, you know, you can do this. Figure out whether you want to do an action. Your detective might say, why don't you go for a walk around the block? Do something completely different. Do something you know you're good at and that you love. Just break the cycle, basically. Just stop, press pause, do the forensics, turn detective, because the chances are that you might even end up having a good laugh at yourself for beating yourself up when you really, really didn't need to. But don't be hard on yourself because you've only been human. Okay. More about unsquashing? Just head over to trishalewis.com. There are links to my book, my TEDx and all sorts of fascinating articles. And can I just ask you to share this podcast and listen up for the next episode. Stay curious and unsquashed.